Hi there, welcome to New Abbey NoHo. My name is Jess, thanks so much for being here with us today. The passage today is Mark 14, one through 11. And the question is, what's one of the most important moments of your life? Take a moment, press pause, and then when you're ready, press play and enjoy the message by Darren. So what an interesting story this passage is. And uh, like a lot of passages in Mark, especially in the last couple weeks, it's pretty famous, pretty popular passage of the woman who pours really expensive perfume over Jesus and Jesus saying, she's done a beautiful thing to me. So what's happening in this passage? Um, so we have to recognize the setting is in Jerusalem at Passover. So this is after Jesus has entered Jerusalem for Passover, which is his final entrance into Jerusalem, really, uh, before he is killed in just a couple chapters. Um, and he's at Simon the leper's house. And this is something I've glossed over so many times, uh, every time that I've read this before. The idea of even being in the house of Simon the leper uh, is not really a thing that would have happened in that world, uh, which just is a sign of Jesus's solidarity with the poor and the marginalized and the sick, right? He's upended these social structures in a lot of ways. And um, Jesus kind of works out of this theology that when I touch people who are considered dirty, I don't become dirty, but I make them clean. Uh, it's been a part of Jesus's ministry the entire time. But there's also this woman who has an expensive jar of perfume. Um, and it makes a point to say that you could sell this perfume and pay for uh, the wages, like for a year's worth of wages, right? And so we have to believe that this woman is probably wealthy herself. It's not like, and even I think I've heard it preached before, where it's talking about just a poor woman, again, giving all her hat, all she had, like the widow and the sacrifice she made. Uh, but it's not likely that scenario. And the same way that we can't, we weren't trying to read into this kind of honor for a widow giving all that she had. I think we're actually supposed to look at a woman who has this perfume bottle as a woman of means. Probably a woman with some power and respect in the community, uh, someone who had some leadership um, and clearly was interested in crossing that class divide herself because she found herself in the house of Simon the leper as well, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then so when she anoints Jesus, we also need to recognize there's some imagery happening from the Hebrew Bible. You see, when prophets were anointed to become prophets to God in the, the Hebrew Bible, uh, they were like they had oil poured on them by the person who was doing the anointing, right? So there's this clear illusion of this woman again, uh, something we'll come back to, anointing Jesus and kind of uh, claiming his prophetic ministry, claiming his ministry as prophetic. And so she does this, and all the disciples are like, "Whoa, you could have given that money to the poor. What are you doing?" Um, and Jesus. You know, although he's talked about this idea of like giving away and giving and taking care of the poor and the sick, um, he says like he doesn't tell them that's a bad thing, but he says, but you're missing what's happening right now, right? And, and this woman has done a beautiful thing. He defends her, defends her actions, uh, and then he kind of talks about it as if this is preparation for his burial. So that's the the passage, the situation we're in. So what, what do we learn from this? Well, first, 
first thing we have to talk about is this woman. And this is just one of the many times uh, when I say that the Gospel of Mark has a very subversive role for women, putting them in positions of power, I really mean that. And we've seen this over and over again. And yet here's another one. Because this woman was essentially cast in the position of authority anointing Jesus. And Jesus allowed her to be the one to anoint him with oil, right? So that, that imagery of anointing a prophet uh, gave this woman a sense of authority and power in this story. And we also understand that this woman herself, she got Jesus. She understood Jesus because she found herself a woman of means in the house of a leper, Means she believed in the new social order that Jesus was saying. She believed that everybody uh, was supposed to be a part of this thing called the kingdom of God and that it doesn't matter if she's in the house of someone who's marginalized. That's where she can, needs to be because that's where Jesus is. And that's where Jesus has asked her to be, right? This woman is one of the true disciples in this story, right? It's a tragedy that she's unnamed, um, but at least the passage says that her story will be told uh, wherever the story of Jesus is told. So she, this story accompanies the story of Jesus. But beyond that, what, another way we see this woman being the true disciple of Jesus is that she, uh, Jesus likens what she does as preparation for burial. You see, this woman clearly believed Jesus when he said, I have to die. I will be taken up and I will be killed and I will rise again. This is a woman that believes Jesus. We have to recognize that all, not all of the disciples believed that about Jesus. As we see, uh, just even moving on just a little further in the story, people denying Jesus and uh, people saying, no, this could never happen to you. Peter saying that just a couple chapters beforehand. This woman believed Jesus and looked to the future and recognized that the kind of death that Jesus would die uh, at the hands of political and religious opponents would not give her the opportunity to correctly uh, anoint Jesus's body and bury him. So she does it in advance. This is a woman to be honored. This is a woman to remember. And the passage tells us as much wherever the gospel is preached, the story of this woman will be told. So we need to ask, though, if the memory of this woman is so strong and so powerful and so important, what was the disciples hang up with her? Why were they so weird about her um, doing this thing, spilling or like pouring her perfume all over Jesus? Well, yeah, we have to remember what they claimed. They said, uh, Jesus, like, we could have used that money uh, to, to get, like, we could have used that perfume to get money to give to the poor, to feed people. Like, this whole social welfare program that you created, Jesus, that we're trying to institute in this world, we could have done that with this. This is a waste. Why is, why is this happening? Um, and we have to name something here, is that is consistent with what Jesus has been doing in his ministry, it's not that the disciples were wrong. It's just that they didn't have a bigger perspective. They didn't have a bigger picture. Because for them, this idea of uh, giving money away and giving food away has turned into this almost dogmatic program, right? They, they get fixated on, the ver on doing that, which is very helpful. But there's something that Jesus is saying in this passage is that 
but look around. There's actually also more values in life um, that we need to prioritize here. So Jesus says, yes, uh, we need to take care of the poor. The poor will always be with you, and there are ways to take care of them. Um, but also, this is also a really good thing. He says, yes, and, uh, which is a really powerful thing for Jesus to say, to affirm the work of his ministry, but to say there's also more. And it's also worth noting that Jesus uh, indicates there are other ways of taking care of the poor rather than just giving them money or food, right? And that's something we might be more aware of today, uh, but something we have to consider when we're talking about how we care for those in need is that there is a whole variety of ways that we do that. And some of them look political, some of them look very practical in financial or economic, some of them look uh, like caring for emotional needs or caring for other resources like education. There are several ways that we can have the conversation about caring for the poor and marginalized that don't necessarily fixate on always giving every cent you have. So but what is Jesus saying? So what's the and? If Jesus is saying, yes, we need to take care of the poor and what is this? Well, you see, Jesus was centering other values here. He was bringing into the conversation uh, celebration. He was centering love. He was centering respect and beauty. You see, I think Jesus is saying that these things are a part of our lives too. I don't believe in our pursuit, in our call to pursue justice and unity in the way of Jesus in the kingdom of God. I don't think we're called to become a machine that has a, that, that, to be one trick ponies in what we do. We always do the same thing, make the same decision. I think we're called to be human. I just think we have a role as a human to pursue justice and do good in this world and bring around the kingdom of God as best as we can. Right? But we just need to bring some perspective to the entirety of our lives. And part of our lives is this thing called beauty. It's art. It's celebration. It's love. It's respect. It's honor. Right? And that is powerful. What I can't get away from is that it does feel like some moments in the world are just inherently powerful. And we come to it and something happens and we're like, wow, that was a big moment. But I also recognize it goes the other way sometimes too, is that we create powerful moments. We are intentional about the things that we do, the environments we create, our actions and our words, and those can create powerful moments in our lives. You see, this move by the woman could have been really awkward and remembered as awkward. Imagine you just sitting at a dinner somewhere and someone just coming up and spilling a bottle of like olive oil on you. Like that's going to be a moment in your life you won't forget, right? And that can be considered awkward. We don't have the same connotation of being anointed with oil in our culture. So obviously this is ridiculous, but we could look at that as an awkward act or we could look at that as somebody trying to say something important, right? As somebody trying to show honor and respect in a way that they know how. And Jesus chose for everybody to look at this with the lens of honor, respect, and beauty. So I think we have a challenge in this passage. Are we so busy in our lives, moving about, fighting in fights, or working, or, or you know, working out our relationships or whatever, that we aren't aware of where beauty is in every moment? Do we move so quickly 
Do we just get into routines and rhythms that everything seems so mundane that we forget that in this moment, beauty is possible, love is possible, there is something to celebrate? Do we need to take a step back and get some perspective over the, the days of our lives that we need to look at our Tuesdays and be like, oh wow, there's this thing that I get to do on Tuesdays and you know what? It actually is very formative and healing and healthy for me. It could be a yoga class. It could be a weekly check-in with somebody that you have. It could be a dinner with your family. But we so often take every moment for granted, forgetting that sometimes moments become powerful just because we want them to be that. My question for us is, do we know uh, what is worth splurging on in our lives and what's worth celebrating? Like this was a gift of extravagance, right? And for people who are very concerned about how everyone is being taken care of, this extravagance was still celebrated. Are you able to find a space in your life where you welcome that kind of extravagance in your pursuit of justice, in your pursuit of the things of God? I think we need to make sure we have space for this in our theology, in our lives. And frequently, it might feel like it's unproductive to take, a, take some time, to take a step back, and to just celebrate or be, uh, to sh- look for beauty or whatever that might be for you. But I think there's a little clue here that it's not always unproductive. Because when we look at what this woman did, it's cast as beautiful, but it was so practical in that it was, Jesus looked at it as preparation for his burial, right? It gave him something that he needed, that he deserved in his death, that kind of care. Uh, But what I think this passage shows us is that it can be productive. It's not necessarily true that taking time to celebrate, taking time to, to be extravagant or to celebrate love or beauty or respect, Um, is unproductive because this woman prepared Jesus for his burial, right? This, This celebration of Jesus, this honoring of Jesus, this beautiful act that she does to Jesus prepared him for his future. And I wonder if that's not a metaphor for our lives in some some ways that we need to take a step back and celebrate some things, look for beauty in our lives because that's going to fill us up for something that's to come. Maybe it's going to fill us up for something that feels like a death or a suffering, right? But we're going to be able to carry the power of that moment with us. So I want us to think about our lives and just, it's really hard to take a step back sometimes, but maybe, uh, maybe we can do that together. And let's look at our week. What's coming up ahead on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, just look at your week on the, just the rhythms that you've built out in this time. There's something in there that is really beautiful. There's something there that can be celebrated. There's a moment for you to treat yourself or to treat someone else. It's not always about you. This woman was treating Jesus and celebrating him. There's a way that you can reach out to somebody and say, hey, I'm buying you this meal and I want to talk about the reasons why I love you, right? We create those powerful moments. I bet if you had that conversation with someone over a meal, they're not going to forget that anytime soon. And it might even prepare them for something that's to come. So think about your week. Think about your rhythms. Think about what you have plans. Or if you don't, have, you don't know what you have planned, you can't bring that to mind, think about something you can just plan yourself. 
and figure out how can you take a step back, get some perspective, and celebrate beauty, love, respect, honor uh, this week. And why don't you share that with your small group, and then in a couple minutes, we'll come back and talk about that as a larger group. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Instagram at New Abbey NoHo. And if you're interested in giving to New Abbey NoHo, feel free to head over to www.newabbey.org generosity. Be sure to scroll down to the North Hollywood Fund. Thank you, and have a blessed week.